We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on. Hope everyone's doing well this week. Um, <clears throat> just me this time. I know the past handful of episodes I've been having interviews, and uh, I was super, super excited to always do those interviews. I love doing the interviews with coaches, players. Uh, the, uh, my last interview was with uh, Rennie and Golglia, announcer for ESPN. Just just being around all these great people in college football just gets you so ex- – it gets me excited for the upcoming season, but just gets me excited in general because it's something that I love to do. Hope you guys enjoy the interviews. Hope you can see the passion that comes out of those and uh, just the great things that are happening there. <clears throat> I focused a lot on doing interviews recently because, one, I feel like – for one, I feel like I'm finding my niche in this in the podcast world, and I feel like I'm able to relate and connect with a lot of people. Um, and building those relationships. I feel like I've been able to interview a lot of coaches. I can relate to them with my coaching background. I'm able to interview players because of my uh, playing background as well. So I think, I think it makes, I think it just makes good interviews in that, in that regard. Plus, uh, plus it's something I enjoy doing. Uh, like last week, my wife and kids were out of town for the week. So I took advantage of doing three interviews in a short time frame. So it was it was a great time to do that, and, and super excited to be able to uh, hit on all those things. Hope you guys enjoyed those interviews and everything that came from that. Um, but I'm gonna take a little bit of time in this episode to talk about a couple of points that have been hit on today or recently um, in the college football world, and. Uh, <clears throat> Just, uh, well, first off, I got to say, I reached, I finally reached just now today, breaking down my 100th program out of the 131 programs. I broke down the Colorado Buffaloes this evening. That was program number 100 out of 131. And if you haven't been following that timeline, you need to please follow the podcast Twitter Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. I've been breaking down two programs a day since uh june since the middle of june i will be concluding with the 131st program uh lead in the week leading up to week zero football games um so just a lot of fun there i i really really enjoy doing this it, it takes a lot of time a lot of work but uh, it's a lot of fun interacting with different fan bases, good and bad. There's good and bad to the interactions, but that's fine. That's why you do it. Um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't tiresome, but <clears throat> it is a lot of fun doing it. But uh, again, just did program number 100. Um, just a lot of fun there. 
So the first thing I want to go into um, today is something that's been discussed recently, how the NCAA is uh, looking at allowing players to just transfer whenever. Um, just no um, – because right now it's they're allowed to transfer one time, um, and I think it's it'll get passed. It'll happen. It uh, that they'll just allow players to transfer as many times as they want. They'll get to play right away. Because in the world we live in, um, that's what that's we got to appease the athletes. Um, but I, I I have to say I I think. I know a lot of people are up in arms about NIL, but I think the real issue is the transfer portal. The fact that guys are able to transfer right now in the first week of camp, I think is pretty ridiculous. If you're going to allow players to do what they're doing right now, there at least has to be transfer windows. Guys just can't transfer a week, a week into basically, let's just call it what it is, training camp. Um, it, it just shouldn't be allowed. Um there needs to be windows for this. If, if we're going down the road that we're going right now, you have to have transfer portal windows. I will say, and, and, and I think this is how guys are transferring right now are able to do this. I know they're not going to be able to play right away, but I will say, uh, those who don't know, I was a college basketball coach before I started doing this. Um, a, a Division three head coach in JUCO, uh, spent time at the JUCO level as well. Um, and, and I'll share a story from my time as a, as a basketball coach at the JUCO level. Now, I will preface this by saying the junior college basketball and junior college sports in general is the definition of the wild, wild west. I know we talk about that in, in college football and a lot of things that go on, but in JUCO, there really aren't rules. I mean, there's some, but no, I mean, nobody follows them. It's just a, it's a train wreck. Um, and, and, and I will say we, when I was coaching, we added a player to our roster a week before school started, a transfer from another junior college kind of hit us up, said, Hey, I want to be a part of your team. I was the leading scorer on my team. I'd love to come play for you guys. Cause you guys are a lot better than the team I was on. I want to become a part of that. So we add this girl literally a week before school starts and she's on the team she's in the rotation and the rest is history but that just tells you like how crazy how crazy the recruiting world can be that <clears throat> that you and the reason you were able to do that at the juco level when i was there is because you could add a player up to the day that your school got into session so the fact that it was a week out, we were we were in the clear, uh, which, I mean, I think I think we can all agree that's kind of crazy to think that you're adding a player a week before school week before school starts, um, but it is what it is. But transitioning the, that back into football, I, I think I think a way to fix the transfer portal. And if you listen to my interview with Rini and Goglia, we kind of talked about this. I think a way to fix it is to not not allow guys to play right away. I think that's a huge, huge thing with this. I think you will cut you, – you might even cut it in half if you don't let people play right away. 
I think the fact that these guys are able to look at it and say, oh, I can go to quote-unquote greener pastures over here and quote-unquote have a starting spot, play right away, whatever it may be, and then that doesn't happen in a lot of cases. But if you, if you don't allow guys the opportunity to play right away, I think it cuts down on the transferring. I think it would cut it in half. I really do. I think it would be that big, that drastic of an experience there. But then I, I also I, I also think you should only be allowed to transfer once. I think I think that should be something. I think that would be a huge thing that would that would hinder this as well. I, I will put a caveat to that. I think if your coach gets fired, you should be a you should be allowed to transfer and play right away. I, I, I think that should be allowed. I think that's a, because a lot of these guys are going to these schools to play for the position coach, to play for the coach, the head coach, whoever recruited them, they want to play for that guy. So, so in that regard, I think if that person leaves, you should also have that opportunity to do the same thing because let's face it. Most of these guys aren't going to a school because they want to go to school there. They're going there to play football. Yes, school is a great added bonus, and it is the most important thing in all of this. But let's face it: when we were eighteen, when you were eighteen years old, when I was eighteen years old, I mean, when I was eighteen years old, I, I picked the school I went to because they were good at basketball. That's why I went there. I didn't go there because I was so excited to go to school there. I went there because I had an opportunity to be a part of a really, really good basketball program. That's the only reason I went there. If it wasn't for their basketball program, I would I could have cared less about the school. And and I was a very good intelligent student who had a 4.0 GPA and all this and that. I was an intelligent student. So just just think of it as, from the standpoint of just the regular athlete or the the, the elite athlete even. Like these guys they they don't care where they're going to school when it comes to the academic standpoint. They're going there because they get to play the sport that they love at a very high level. So I think, so I think if you if you if you eliminate those both of those, saying you can only transfer once and you can't play right away when you're transferring up from say Division Two to Division One or a lateral move. I think it would change a lot of things. I think it would be. I think that would be a big deal in this aspect. So that, that that's just my two cents there. I th I think we're we're going down a slippery slope with this. Um, otherwise, another huge thing that just came out today was uh, CBS is expected to pay the Big Ten roughly three hundred and fifty million dollars per year for its three thirty game right now they're paying the sec 55 million so it's staggering to me over the next seven years i think i think it's a seven-year deal is what i saw that they would get 350 million per year for that time slot that currently the sec has so so this in the big 10 allegedly countered to espn Seven years, three hundred eighty million, and ESPN said no. So, it, it, I, I'm really interested to see how that goes. I, 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 
I don't want to start a rumor. I don't. But with with the news of this huge Big Ten deal, it has to mean there's some news on conference realignment coming in the very near future. I, I, I have to imagine that that's the case because why on earth would CBS just offer the Big Ten an obscene amount of money if they weren't about to now, yes, they already got USC and UCLA, and they, of course, have the teams that they already have, but I think that there's more in place with this. Um, and and there's been reports. We've all seen the reports of the likes of Notre Dame, Stanford, Oregon, Washington. We've seen all different names thrown in there. Um, like I said, I don't want to start a rumor about this. I don't, but I, I have to think that there's something to this. I have to think that a huge corporation like CBS isn't just going to offer the Big Ten a ginormous deal like this over the SEC. Let's let's just say that without <clears throat> without some more juice to it. I think any conference that is adding Notre Dame obviously has juice and there's going to be a ton of money and a ton of fan support and everything involved in that. And, and again, I don't want to get into the conference realignment stuff because we could talk for hours and hours about that. I, I just think at face value, looking at this, I think that there's some news going to be coming out very soon. I, I think that has to be the case when a deal like this is announced. I, I think that there's just too much to it. And I got, I, I just think that has to be the case. Then an, another thing, another really interesting thing that came out today, and I, and I don't know how much truth there is to this. And even the person who was reporting it and writing it said that he doesn't know how much truth there was to this. <coughs> Excuse me. But there was some info on Arch Manning, um, from a from a coaching friend that this guy is connected to, and I, I'll just I'll just read this message that this that uh, this gentleman said. Uh, just passing this along for conversation. Not sure it is it is all correct, but the coach friend of mine knows everybody in football in college football. Says Ole Miss boosters called Archie and offered fifteen million for Arch Manning. Archie told them Peyton cannot stand Lane Kiffin because of his days at Tennessee and that Peyton said he would give Arch Manning the $15 million not to go to Ole Miss. Georgia offered Arch Manning $11 million and Eli and Archie like Georgia because of Matt Luke, who obviously the connection is there. Texas got Arch Manning for $12 million, allegedly. But the family says that the recruitment is really not over yet. And and this is where this is where I think there's some truth to this. If if you remember when Arch Manning committed to Texas, Kirby Smart said something on the order of uh, that this is not over yet. And, and, and I remember Kirby Smart saying something like that. So so this gentleman continues this coach this coach that gave him this information has given me solid info before could just be all talk, but thought it was interesting. And if arch does flip, it might be an interesting afterthought. So, uh, 
excuse me, I bring that to the table in this discussion because I do remember Kirby Smart saying something about when Arch committed to Texas that this wasn't over yet. And I and I agree that that's probably the case. I think I think that there's a lot left in this whole scenario and in his recruitment and everything. I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers plays out at Texas. I mean, I personally don't know how, I don't think it's going to turn out well, but if it does turn out well, I mean, why would Arch Manning go there when they already got a legit guy, number a legit QB1? Uh, why wouldn't you go to Georgia in this scenario after Stetson Bennett leaves? Um, if there's truth to that old miss, discussion with Peyton Manning can't stand Lane Kiffin and whatever it may be. I I think that's a whole, whole other can of worms. And that's a really interesting discussion if that's true. Um, But I I definitely think, (coughs) excuse me, I definitely think the teams in the running are Georgia, Ole Miss and Texas. I think Alabama has gotten the quarterback commitments that they've gotten already and I don't I don't think they're in the race anymore. And honestly, I don't really think anybody else could really jump into the race. I know he lives in New Orleans. Would LSU be an option if LSU has a really good season this year? I I don't think so, but I mean crazier things have happened. So I mean I think I think realistically it's going to come down to Georgia and Texas. I mean he's committed to Texas, but like I said, if if Quinn Ewers has a great year and shows that he's the man, then why does Texas need Arch Manning to come in there and just create a whole bunch of controversy? What if Quinn Ewers get wins ten games this year at Texas? Now I don't think that's going to happen at all. I I think they're going to struggle to make bowl eligibility, but. I'm saying in this scenario, what if they win 10 games? Then you don't need Arch Manning to come in because you already got your guy. So I think he's then able to slide right into a great situation at Georgia and just be the man right away. And again, this whole scenario that I just read to you could be complete crap. But I just think, and like, and like the author said, who was writing it, flat out said, it's a good talking point. It's a good talking piece because, there, like he said, the source that he has, he feels very credible. And, and I always feel if you have a coach who's in the world of this, it's always credible. Or, or there's some credibility to it. might not be all credible, but there's some credibility to it. So I think that there's some truth to, to some of what's being said, if not all of it. So, I mean, I, I the part that really intrigues me is Peyton being willing to pay the $15 million for him not to go to Ole Miss. I think that's just, just – I think it's tremendous if that's the case. It's just – it makes you laugh. But Plus, the other thing is the, the amount of money that they're talking about in this, like Ole Miss offering $15 million. Uh, Georgia offering 11 million. He's going to Texas for 12 million. Just, just staggering numbers. I mean, I mean, we knew once we saw the kid who's going to Tennessee get 8 million, you knew Arch Manning was going to draw way more than that. 
<clears throat> but still it's just it's just staggering and uh amazing to see but <clears throat> the last the last topic i'm going to discuss um a good friend of mine brandon moore if you're not following him follow him uh, doing great things uh with his with his show all out blitz and and uh through sideline sports network which also please follow sideline sports network uh sidelines college football um i'm working with them <clears throat> the preview magazine will be dropping i would think within the next week or um some great things going on there i've provided a lot of content for that but uh please follow them but brendan asked me who i think is going to win the big 10 west and i think the big 10 west is going to be hotly contested I think I think every team in the Big Ten West um, has a shot. And I know that's probably crazy to say because Northwestern looked really bad last year, much improved if they stay healthy and if they get consistent quarterback play. I think Northwestern, they're, they're the best coach, let's just say that. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to put it past them. We've seen Northwestern do it. I mean, we've seen them do it to win the West. But – I think Illinois is going to be much improved. I think Illinois is going to go to a bowl game. I think, do, are they going to win the West? Probably not, but they have the be, They have arguably the best running back duo in the conference, and they got some talented guys. Um, then you got Nebraska. Um, is it crazy to think Nebraska could win the West? Probably, especially with what they've done lately. But I mean, they have talent, so who's to say? Who's to say they couldn't do it? I don't think they will. I think those three that I just mentioned—Nebraska, Illinois, and uh, Northwestern—are are the, the three teams out of the race um, that that I would say. But then I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the other four being Purdue, Minnesota. Iowa and Wisconsin all have a legit chance. Um, Iowa has an elite defense, elite defense, one of the best in the country. If they can get consistent quarterback play from Petrus and get good run, get do better running the ball, they kind of struggled with that last year, which is surprising for them. But I mean, they're they're going to be in every game because they their defense is elite. Um, Purdue has probably the second best quarterback in the conference and Aiden O'Connell. I mean, I know they got, they lost some really talented guys on offense and defense, but you can't put it past Purdue. And I think, I think if they're able to beat Penn state in the opener, I think that could propel them onto a, into a great season. You look at Wisconsin, Wisconsin year in, year out, probably has the most talent out of everybody in the West. Uh, I think this year it boils down to can Graham Mertz, be a competent quarterback for them that that's the i think it boils down to for them i mean allen at running back is an absolute stud their defense they they lose some guys on defense some very good players defensively so they got some interesting shoes to fill there as well but again they're kind of like iowa good defense iowa's defense is better but it's like if you get consistent quarterback play, then the sky's the limit for your teams. But here's my pick. And I wanted to pick somebody different. One, because everybody's picking 
Wisconsin or Iowa. But I also firmly believe this pick. I really do. I think Minnesota is the team to beat in the West. And my thought is because Tanner Morgan is reunited with his offensive coordinator from the season that they had when they were dominant in the Big Ten. And he played tremendously. Now, he had a lot of help from the likes of Rashad Bateman and some really good receivers, um, which the guys that they have on their roster now will need to step up at that level. But the reason I'm putting them there, they have, they're going to have a much improved – they have a good defense. Uh, but Mo Ibrahim is back at running back. Mo Ibrahim is – a top 10, if not top five, running back in college football. And if you haven't seen him play, all you need to do is go back and look at the Ohio State film from last year. Now, he 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 was injured for the season in that game. But while he was healthy in that game, he dismantled the Ohio State defense. And Minnesota was going to win that football game. They were going to win that game. They had all the momentum. They were driving down the field again to score. And Mo Abraham got hurt. And it changed the whole trajectory of the game. But with him back and healthy, he is an elite player. And I think he sets he sets Minnesota apart because Tanner Morgan is a good quarterback. Can he play to a level better than that? If he's able to, I think it sets Minnesota apart. The way I look at this, Aiden O'Connell is the best quarterback out of this group, but he has nowhere near the defense that the other three teams have. So he has to play in a, at an extremely, almost elite level himself. So then that lets me leads me to um, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. I look at all three quarterbacks. I say, which one do I trust more? I trust Tanner Morgan more than I do Spencer Petras and Gary Mertz. Now, I do trust Iowa's defense more than the others. But I think Iowa's offense is deficient in some areas. So then that leads me to Wisconsin and Minnesota. Both have really good running backs. One is elite. One is very talented in Allen from Wisconsin. And then I look at which quarterback do I trust more. I think Wisconsin's holes defensively, especially a linebacker, cannot be – cannot go unnoticed. Um, that's why I look at Minnesota's defense and I say, okay, they're more complete than Wisconsin's. And I look at the quarterbacks. Do I, th I think spent, I, I think Graham Mertz, I should say Graham Mertz can be the better quarterback. I think Graham Mertz can be that guy. We just haven't seen it at all in college. So I'm going with Minnesota, Tanner Morgan, Mo Ibrahim. I, I'm on the Mo Ibrahim hype train. I think he is a dark horse Heisman candidate, and I think he is the best running back in the Big Ten and one of the best nationally. So that that's where I stand on that. Again, follow Brendan Moore, doing some great things uh, there. And uh, if you would, follow me uh, personally at Coach underscore B Will. Uh, also follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. If you feel inclined to uh, purchase some TNT College Football Podcast merchandise. It's uh, you can. It's in my bio on the Twitter page. Um, go there with shirts, different things. I'm I'm gonna be updating that soon. Heading into the season, um, and that's the other thing. Heading into the season, I'll be out traveling. Um, 
week zero, I'm scheduled. I'll be at the University of Illinois for Wyoming against Illinois. Um, <clears throat> getting things lined up for week one. Um, I already have confirmation that I'll be at the Mich- UConn at Michigan game. I'll be at the UConn at Ball State game. The same week of the UConn-Michigan game, I will be at Western Michigan, uh, Pittsburgh at Western Michigan. Um, I will also be, this is a an exclusive here, I will be at the UMass at UConn game in November. Then filling in some other games along the way. I'll definitely making a visit to NIU at least once this year. Be heading back there. Uh, my plan is to go to a game at Coastal. Um, looking to go to a game potentially Central Michigan and some in Northwestern. I live not very far from Northwestern, Indiana, Purdue. I'm kind of in the middle of all that there. So some great options for me to get out uh, that's not far away. But if you feel inclined to donate to me to help my travels, please, uh, you can do that through the podcast. Um, and uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Again, hope everybody is doing well. Follow me at TNT College Foot One. Like and subscribe to the podcast if you would. Um, hope everybody has a great night and a great week. Uh, God bless.